Hi, everybody. Ezra Levant here. How you doing? What a great pleasure to be back in this chair. You know, I used to do live streams every day at 12 noon, especially when the pandemic started. There was so much news to talk about. I couldn't get through it all in my nighttime show. Um, and frankly, we were all sort of stunned watching the pandemic take effect. So I did that for a while, but I, I just... You know, things just went so nuts around here, Rebel News, that I, I couldn't take the time. As you know, we have doubled in size in the last year, which I think is incredible. And it's a testament to our reporters who are doing the kind of journalism that no one else is doing. You know our motto, telling the other side of the story. And I think we've had a great run. But I thought, you know what? I, I like doing the live streams. I want to come back, even if it's just one day a week. So what a pleasure to be back. And thank you for that. We're streaming, of course, on YouTube, the censorship platform. But we like to stream on um, Rumble as well. And um, we're doing that right now. Um, we are also on superu.net, Odyssey. And I think we might be on Getter. I, I sort of lose track of all of them. But I think it's great that we're on those different platforms. That said, if we talk about things that are too spicy, we abandon the YouTube platform because they're just waiting for us to, to give them an excuse to nuke us. So um, if, if, you, if it's all the same to you, I would encourage you to set up an account on Rumble and to get used to it. And by the way, they are a free speech-oriented platform which I think is preferable uh, to YouTube, which really doesn't give a damn about free speech. Um, there's a lot of very strange things going on right now uh, in social media. Uh, I'll do my show on this tonight. But Meta, that's the name of the company that owns Facebook and Instagram, has changed their terms of service, changed their community guidelines. Obviously, you're not allowed to call for someone's death you're not allowed to call for an assassination. Um, but they changed that. They literally changed it two days ago, I think, or yesterday, so that they will make an exception if you're calling for the death of Russians and Belarusians, people from Belarus. They're not hiding this. They're not, this isn't like a secret thing. They had like management meetings about it and they thoughtfully said, yeah. We think we're going to, I don't know, what, declare war? I mean, Facebook is larger than many companies, financially speaking. It's many countries, rather. It's larger than many countries in terms of its power. I mean, I don't know how many people work for Facebook. Going from memory, I'd say it's about 100,000. So there are some countries that are smaller population-wise, like Nauru and Tuvalu, uh, tiny little countries like that. But of course... Facebook is as powerful as a NATO country. Um, it may not have nuclear bombs, but it has something even more powerful, which is ideas. As, I mean, Alex Jones was right when he called his company, company InfoWars and his slogan, there's a battle on for your mind. Don't you feel that now? So Meta, Facebook and Instagram, have declared war on Russia and Russians and on Belarus and Belarusians. And I'm just working my way actually through the, the rules right now. Imagine that, your company, YouTube has about 2 billion users with a B. So that's, I don't know, a quarter of the humans on this earth. And of course they don't, you know, if you're a baby, you're not gonna subscribe. So maybe there's only, maybe there's only 6 billion people and they have one third of that. So literally one third of the humans on earth 
have Facebook and Instagram. And if you make a policy saying we're going to allow calls for murder, but just against Russians, because that's the thing to care about now. We cared about the pandemic before, but we've all switched. Russia opens criminal case against Meta over death calls on Facebook. Yeah. So uh, uh, Facebook is lucky that Russia is responding uh, through criminal courts rather than militarily, because Facebook is literally saying we are going to be the weapon through which people can call for assassinations. It's crazy. Here's my point about $2 billion. If you were some hobo on the street drunkenly hollering out, we're going to kill Vladimir Putin, that would not cause the death of Vladimir Putin. First of all, you're here in Canada or wherever. Second of all, you're just a hobo who's hollering at people passing by and they would go by quickly. But if you have two billion people hearing you, and if they're all around the world, most people will just slough that off or just say, okay, whatever. But how many people would actually be incited to violence? One in a thousand? Probably not. One in a million? One in a million. If if you were to say to one million people, go kill Vladimir Putin, here's why. Or go kill a Russian. Just kill a Russian. If you said that to a million people, would one of them say, yeah, that's a good idea. Someone who was maybe crazy, someone who was maybe in a drug-induced hallucination, someone who was radicalized. If you said it to a million people, would one out of a million do it? Maybe. But like I say, Facebook has two billion users. So one in a million, that works out to 2,000 people. Now, let's say most of those people would never have a chance to kill a Russian. I mean, I guess they could go to the Russian tea shop in their city, a Russian city. In, in Canada, there are 600,000 Russian Canadians. I live in Toronto. There's, there's lots of Russian grocery stores and places with Russian Cyrillic letters on the, on the sign. So I think most people are geographically not near any Russians to kill them. But there are Russians around the world. I'm not just talking about killing Putin or killing someone there which in that country. But there are Russians all around the world. And Facebook is saying it's okay to publish on their platform to kill them. And you got 2 billion people on Facebook. Is one in a million going to do? Even if of those 2,000 who might be activated by this, even if half of them can't act, even if 90%, let's say 90% of those can't act. Okay, you still got, you still got 20, 28 murders on your hands? Like, surely they've done the math on that. Even if it's such an extremely unlikely thing, you, you are thoughtfully, willingly, carefully, corporately deciding that you will be the information weapon to incite violence against Russia, and hopefully 99% of people do nothing with it, or hopefully 99.9999% of people do nothing with it. But that still leaves dozens or hundreds who will. I think it's shocking. I think it's shocking, and I think it's com companies acting like countries. And the thing about that 
is that other countries, when, when a, if a company declares war on a country, we just saw the Global Mail headline there, that Russia is going to criminal court. Okay, that's very lucky for Facebook that they're just going to court because if, if you are a terrorist organization, we have terrorist organizations that are put on, you know, in Canada it's called the Public Safety Department and the United States it's called Homeland Security. There are terrorist lists of criminal organizations. Um, Canada has that blacklist. The United States has that blacklist. Many countries do. The United Kingdom does. Do you want to call that up? Do you want to type in public safety terrorist list Canada? Uh, just to show people, because maybe people don't know that. So in Canada, there's probably close to 100 organizations that are criminal banned. Like they're, they're, they're sort of... Uh, I think they're even lower in status. Like there's the Hells Angels and there's uh, different mafia families. But... Terrorist groups are, are lower in terms of legal. They're hostis humani. I forget the, the Latin phrase. They're, they're, they are an enemy of all mankind. Yeah, listed terrorist entities. Thank you very much. Counter, okay, so click on um, currently listed entities. You see that link there? Yeah, click on that. Currently, so this is, let's just read it here. This web page has been prepared for reference only. Users should consult the ads, blah, blah, blah. Several of the listed entities are known under different names. Anyway, so here they are. Now, you can see a lot of them are in Arabic, Al-Qaeda. You see that there, but there's all different kinds of Al-Qaeda. Al-Shabaab, they're, they're active in Nigeria, if I'm not mistaken. Al-Aqsa Martyrs Brigade. Um, I see a, a white group there, the Aryan Strike Force. I've never heard of that before. Um, you know, ELN, I th I'm trying to remember what country that's in. So this is a list of terrorist groups. You can see Hamas is on there. You see Hezbollah, Indian Mujahideen. So most of these are Islamic groups, but there's a few others on there. I don't, lots of Islamic states. Anyhow, thanks very much. It's a, it's a long list, right? I think the, the Tamil Tigers are on there. I can't recall. So those are, those are like pirates. You can like, Basically, I mean, you could almost kill a pirate on sight. That was the law. You had a drumhead trial. Um, they were outside. Of, when you call someone outlaw, that means they're outside the protection of the law themselves. Um, bounty hunters used to go after outlaws. Is Facebook about to become an outlaw? Is Facebook about to transform itself from a corporation into not a country, but a rogue extremist group that's literally calling for violence against Russia. They're lucky all Russia is doing is suing them. Yeah. Imagine if Facebook was put on Russia's list. Now you might say, so what? Try and collect. All of Facebook's assets are in America or wherever, and they would never uphold the Russian court ruling. Well, Zuckerberg should be careful because if you call for the death of a Russian oligarch, let's say. And if that death happens, you better be careful that uh, what comes around doesn't go around. If you're declaring, if you're declaring, if you're in the business of declaring war now, don't be shocked if someone declares war against you, especially if you're going after people who are authoritarian and, and violent. And Putin is a former KGB agent. I just find that crazy. But I... I'm less concerned about Putin and Russian oligarchs than I am about what this says about Facebook and Instagram here in 
Canada and the United States and the West. And Zuckerberg has this creepy idea called the metaverse. Do you want to throw up uh, his little promo ad he did? He did this little promo for the metaverse, which is basically a virtual reality world. And he wants everyone to trade in real life for this metaverse, he calls it, where you have real estate in the metaverse. It's all just a, a computer simulation. It's like the Sims, Sim City, that old video game. He thinks he's made it, and you just have put on uh, th this headset, and you're living in the metaverse, and guess who owns the metaverse? Oh, that's right, he owns everything in it. Yeah, turn up the volume on this. So, so this is what he created virtually. It has things that are only possible virtually, and it has an incredibly inspiring view of whatever you find most beautiful. Hey, are you coming? Yeah, just got to find something to wear. All right, perfect. Ooh, boy. Oh, hey, Mark. Hey, what's going on? Hey, Hi. Mark. What's up, Mark? Whoa, we're floating in space? Uh huh. Who made this place? It's awesome. Right? It's from a crater I met in L.A. Uh, this place is amazing. <laughs> Boz, is that you? Of course it's me. You know I had to be the robot, man. I thought I was supposed to be the robot. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I knew you were bluffing. <laughs> hey, wait. Where is Naomi? Let's yes, call her. Naomi. <laughs> hey, should we deal you in? Sorry, I'm running late, but you've got to see what we're checking out. There's an artist going around Soho hiding AR pieces for people to find. 3D street art? That's cool. Send that link over so we can all look at it. This is stunning. Dude, that is something. That's awesome. Wow. wow. I love the movement. Wait, it's, it's disappearing. This is amazing. Hold on. I'll tip the artist and they'll extend it. Wow, brilliant. If you guys like it here, I have another room that you're gonna love. Check out this forest room. Huh, let's see it. Koi fish that fly? That's new. This is wild. Hey, one sec, Boz, it's Priscilla. Hey, you have to see this. Beast is going crazy. Oh, I love that guy. We've got to show that to the kids. Can you also send that to my dad? I'll message him. All right, see you at home. This place is great, Boz, but there's something I got to get back to. All right, so that's a glimpse of a few ways that we're going to be able to get together and socialize in the metaverse. Thanks very much, Olivia. Um, I think Mark Zuckerberg is one of the creepiest people around. I don't believe that some people, as some people do, that he is a lizard. I think he just has the social skills of a lizard. Um, I think he is a megalomaniac. I think um, he's a sociopath. I think he's a... A liar. Can you, I just sent you, um, uh, you know what, can you, I, I'm going to, maybe I can find it maybe faster than you. I'm just going on to YouTube, Mark Zuckerberg uh, sweating, <laughs> sweating interview. This is great interview. Yeah. Can you do that? Mark Zuckerberg privacy interview. I can find it for you. I bet you could find it just as quick. He was at a, um, a tech show about a decade ago. And they asked him about his lies, and they asked him about violating his... Have you found it there? Do you, do you want me to send it to you? Yeah, yeah. He's sitting in a red chair, and he's answering questions about privacy. Absolutely devastating. Yeah. Here, I'll, I'll, I'll send you the link. 
um, he's uh, he's a little more careful now. He doesn't do unscripted interviews with people who might ask actual questions. You see that link I just sent you there, Olivia? I just want to show you a little bit about. So 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 anyway, you saw he has this world that is basically a virtual reality world and you dress up as you like, you know, as a robot or as a flying fish or something or whatever. And you can meet in this digital space and um, he owns it. And obviously he'll make money off you the way he does on uh, Facebook, which is by selling everything he knows about you. And there will obviously be markets. He'll, he'll, there'll be commerce to do in his metaverse. He basically wants to build another world where he's the emperor and he can watch everything and he controls everything. And this is the guy who just greenlit calls for murder. How would you like him being not just the president, but the god of your world? Go ahead and play that uh, that clip. I want to show what a sweaty little loser he is when asked about violating his user's privacy. Look at this guy. Do you feel like it's a backlash or do you feel like you're violating people's privacy? Do you, you feel like you're adequately portrayed as a... Because I want to wonder about the person who actually created this thing. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, a lot of stuff happened, happened along the way. I think... Um, you know, there were real learning points and turning points along the way in terms of, um, in terms of building things. You know, it really went from this position very early on where we were just in this college dorm room to we moved out to California. It was a few friends and me. And, um, you know, it, it just kind of had this project feel for a while. And there was this real turning point when... Um, when companies started trying to buy the company for a huge amount of money and, you know, I had to kind of get my friends together and we had to decide what was it that we really cared about and what was it that we wanted to do. Um, and, you know, we decided not to, to take those offers. And, right. you know, to me, a lot of that decision was that what we wanted to do and what we wanted to spend, you know, a big part of our lives doing mm -hmm. was just continuing to push and, um, and, and kind of build products that help people share information, um, right. build products that help people stay connected. Um, and that's really what we're spending our time doing. And you know, I, I think you know, there's just been a lot of a lot of space between that early stuff and where we are now. Um, if I could, if I knew what I knew now, then then I hope I wouldn't have made those mistakes. But I can't go back and change the past. I can only do what we think is the right thing going forward. So, uh, before we move off this privacy thing, and I thought that was a fascinating right, it's answer. It's okay. You want to take off the hoodie? No, I never take off the hood. I know you don't. What's with that? There's a group of women in the audience that wish you would. No, uh, no. Girls? Whoa. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Um, can you explain what this instant personalization mm. thing was that you did and why you did it and what was the, what's the value of it to your users? Maybe I should take off the hoodie. Take off the hoodie. Go ahead. You want to? Are you hot? Go ahead. <laughs> Here. Let me get someone. Uh. You all right? Yeah. This is a great moment in internet history. What? <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, what are we going to do with the mic? Put it on your... All right. Put it on the collar of your t-shirt. Do you want some... Do you need some help? No, I'm good. All right. Okay. Sorry about the... Sorry 
without being loud, Mark. No, it's... We're not even yelling at you. Yeah. Yet. We're not going to yell at him. No, we're not. Of course not. Oh. That is a warm hoodie. Yeah. No, it's a thick hoodie. We, it's, um, it's a company hoodie. We print our mission on the inside. What? Oh, oh my really? God. The inside of the hoodie, everybody. Take a oh. moment. What is it? Making the... Making the world more open and connected. Oh, my God. It's like a secret Ooh. cult. <laughs> Look at that. Making the world open and connected. Stream graph platform and this weird symbol in the middle that is probably for the Illuminati. <laughs> oh, 2010. No, it's 2010. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, you know... Um, and that was a, an interesting clip. There was there were actually some other clips there where he talks about violating privacy. He's a sociopath. It's obvious. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying that the movie The Social Network was a documentary, but I think it was true enough to the facts to watch how he broke his word, how he reneged on deals, how he stole intellectual property from everyone he met, how he is an inveterate liar who will do and say anything. And when he's caught, he goes, oh, sorry. Well, that was a learning point and a turning point. And I know I'm getting a little sweaty, but that was a learning point and a turning point. And yeah, I've done some things in the past. So anyways, that's the guy who's building the, um, the metaverse. Uh, there was a brief moment a few years back where there was this idea that he was going to run for public office. I don't know if you remember that, Olivia. He hired some consultants. He went out into the country to try and humanize himself. He uh, was filmed, I think, feeding some farm animals and uh, going to, you know, meet with regular people. And he did that bizarre. Can you, can you uh, go to YouTube and grab... Mark Zuckerberg's sweet baby race. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like he would, he he had he hired these political consultants and they started polling and they started trying to humanize them and he abandoned that. I think because it was hopeless. I think a lot of people actually hate Facebook even though they use it. They realize how gross Mark Zuckerberg is. A lot of that is frankly unfair because of the memes, but there's a deeper truth underneath it. Do you have that sweet baby raised? Like, it's just an example of how weird this guy is. And, and weirdness is not a crime. I mean, we're all weird in our own ways. And, and we like to be able to be weird in our own ways and eccentric. And I, I think there's too much homogeneity. But his weirdness, I think, is a sociopathy. It's, um, it's not like a quirkiness. I think there's an evil there. And um, I could send you what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, just... Yeah, just throw it up for a second, just to show this was, yeah. Hey, everyone. We are live from my backyard where I am smoking a brisket and some ribs. I am, I'm making meats now. Smoking these meats here. Our little meat smoking. It's smoking. So I'm the meat chef. Yeah, someone asked me, do I smoke meat? Smoking meat, smoking these meats. Smoking meats earlier in the day. Smoking these meats, just set the charcoal up and you set the, the wood chips up and then smoking meats, grilling, grilling meats, good smoky flavor. Smoke a brisket for like 12 hours. You smoke lemon chicken, smoke salmon, you'll love it. Bison sirloin, ribs and sausage. So I'm looking forward to, to that.
Uh, today we got a brisket on the big guy, then some pork ribs uh, on on uh, on the green egg. Meat like a brisket. I got ribs in there. Finishing off the brisket and the ribs. And I'm just sitting in our backyard, <laughs> finishing off this brisket and these ribs. But hopefully for Canadian Thanksgiving, you get to eat a lot of brisket and ribs. How many of you guys are, are eating brisket and ribs tonight? Brisket and and ribs. They taste doubly better when um, when you hunted the animal yourself. So what are, what are you guys making for dinner? Brisket and ribs, I hope. Delicious. Brisket and ribs. The ribs and the brisket need to be eaten. I want to try your brisket. I want to try my brisket. It, it's a pretty tough cut of meat. The ribs and the brisket. Are you excited to have a rib tonight? <laughs> I want my baby back, baby back ribs. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Sweet baby raised barbecue sauce. That is going on the ribs. Sweet baby raised. Sweet baby raised. The sweet baby raised. Sweet baby raised is very good. Sweet baby raised. Sweet baby raised. We have just applied the sweet baby raised. Sweet baby raised. Sweet baby raised. Maybe throw some sweet baby raised on the ribs and take it from there. She's waiting for her ribs. I mean, she she knows what's coming and a sweet baby raised. So that's, uh, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Who doesn't like ribs? Everyone I mean, likes everyone ribs. Loves. Everyone likes ribs. Excuse me, B. Yeah, no, this is, this is what Facebook Live is, is for. Just hanging out while you're sitting in your backyard, uh, waiting for your brisket and your ribs to finish smoking. You know, being socially awkward or on the spectrum is not my problem with Mark Zuckerberg. Um, did you get that email I sent you of when he when he briefly thought he was running for for office, and he and he visited this farm and he he like he threw threw that image up there. My beef with Mark Zuckerberg is not that he's socially awkward. It's not that he has no sense of humor, and doesn't quite understand what it's like to be a person. Um, my beef is his amorality. Uh, and his immorality, his promise breaking, his violation of privacy, um, his, I think lying is his normal state. Maybe that's how it is if you want to be worth a hundred billion dollars or whatever he's worth now. I think you need a kind of viciousness that is not normal. You can earn a million dollars through hard work. You can earn... $10 million through hard work. I think if you get to a certain level, though, the amount of money you have attracts such vicious vipers and such vultures and such operators, such hardened criminals, I might even say, that you yourself must adopt those vicious tactics or you'll be devoured. I don't think you can be a billionaire without being a brutal person. Now, maybe you can offset that by doing some good things as well. And the reason I say that is because if you get a certain amount of dough, it will attract the worst people in the world to come and get you. So maybe I'm, maybe I'm mistaking cause and effect. Maybe Mark Zuckerberg is just simply a socially awkward idiot who, when he realized that he had built something worth countless billions of dollars, decided, well, I'm not going to let this be stolen from me. I'm going to steal it from them. I'm not going to let them stab me in the back. I'm going to stab all of them in the back. Maybe that's how it is, but I think the result is the same. Mark Zuckerberg is one of the worst people in the world.
And did we put on the screen? I was sort of daydreaming. Did you put on the screen his his farming thing there? Yeah, but show the pictures too. So, um, yeah, so he went on this tour. Yeah, just click on those pictures. That's just me riding. And that's an old-fashioned tractor, by the way. No, no farmers really use those tractors, haven't for, you know, almost 100 years. Yeah, next image. That's just me, family dinner at noon. When you wake up at 4 a.m., I guess your schedule's, <laughs> I'm so normal. Next one. Yeah, that's me. I'm feeding him. This calf loves me now. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is a kitten. I'm not going to eat it. Don't call me a lizard. See, a lizard would eat it. I'm not eating it, so I'm not a lizard. And this is me walking with someone. I'm, we're just good old friends now. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally normal guy. Totally normal day. So I don't think his attempt to run for office uh, got off the ground. But really, why would you run for office if you're Mark Zuckerberg? You don't. When you're the president of a company that you control, your word is law. You just say something and it is done. And if the person doesn't accept it, they're fired um, or sued or cheated out of their shares in his case. Um you are, you know, within the constraints of the law, a king. And as we've seen with him, he doesn't even feel himself constrained by law. And he is in multiple jurisdictions around the world, so he plays one law off against the other. And Facebook is one of the largest political donors and lobbyists in the world. So we can change the law or get excuses from the law as it needs. Why would someone like that want to be merely president? Uh, when you're president of Facebook, you rule an empire of 2 billion people around the, the globe. The sun never sets on the Facebook empire. If you're merely the president of the United States, you only rule America, and you don't rule alone. There's checks and balances. There's Congress. There's your own party. There's the media. There's the courts. There's checks on your power. There's other countries that are your rivals. Why would Mark Zuckerberg take a step down from being the emperor of Facebook to being merely president, especially when he has to do such uh, cringy things as talk to the poors. Look at me, I'm with a farmer, everybody. So I think Mark Zuckerberg has abandoned his plans for politics. And instead of being merely the president of the United States or president of the country of Facebook, he wants to be the god of the metaverse. And to create this entire new space, this entire new community where he owns all the rules, where he owns all the terms of service, where he controls everything, where he controls all the information, where he knows all the information, where everything that's said is recorded, everything said to you, everything said by you, everything you do, he owns it. He sells you, he sells what you say sells access to you. Wasn't that creepy, that metaverse? Olivia, I just sent you a meme of someone in a dirty chair with a VR headset on because the metaverse is not real, of course. Can you put that meme up for a bit? I'm not sure if I click send it. Did I click send on that email? It's someone wearing a, a, the headset. It, 
No, just put it up here. I'll get to the chats in a second. Because if you're if you're in the real world, you're in the real world, and and if you're like me, you're addicted to your phone. So so half the time you're looking at your phone like this. But yeah, just pump that up. I just saw this, and um, so there's someone just literally sitting in a corner on the floor, miserable. It's a dirty place. It looks dirty, and he's near an outlet, and he's wearing his virtual reality visor. Because his life is terrible, but um, maybe there's something more wonderful in it. Can I airdrop something to you? Is it uh, Rebel's iMac or Justin's iMac? Yeah. I'm going to send you um, a parody video that's not very much a, a parody. Because... Oops. All right, I'm sending it on Slack. The promise of the paradise of the artificial reality is the pull. But the push is you live a miserable life. You don't own anything and, you, and you'll be happy. You know, that's the World Economic Forum transhumanism thing. You'll own nothing and you'll be happy. So Zuckerberg says, come with me to this amazing paradise where you can be anything, say anything, do anything. Footnote, small print, Zuckerberg controls everything in the terms of service and he can change it on a whim and maybe he'll allow murder in the metaverse like he's allowing murder towards the Russians. That's the pull, a a paradise-like world, an Eden where he's God. But the push is that crappy world where in real life you're poor, you have no social connections with anyone, you don't have relationships, you don't have property, you don't have a physical life. It's all the life of the mind, but not your own mind. You're part of the artificial intelligence mind. I just sent you, Olivia, and I think you have it there. Um, sort of a, a, like showed you the, that video we showed that was from The Guardian, they, they basically ripped it was um, his official pitch for the metaverse. But here's someone who did, I think, a slightly dystopian riff on it that I think is probably more realistic. Take a look. Starting with the most important experience of all, Sweet Baby Ray's. I like barbecuing, um, and I guess I guess I'm a sweet baby Ray's fanboy. New alert: Mark Zuckerberg offers you a sweet baby Ray's barbecue sauce. Nod your metaverse licensed headset to accept. Shake your metaverse licensed headset to decline. Head shake detected. You are about to decline Mark's offer. Nod your Metaverse licensed headset to confirm the rejection. Shake your Metaverse licensed headset. Head nod detected. You decline Mark's offer. Mark did not like that. A little bit funny, that allusion to Sweet Baby Ray's, but 
I think that the reality uh, may, may have some elements of that. Um, oh, you're going to vote for Trump? You said the word Trump in the metaverse. You're banned, unless you buy your way out, maybe by buying some sweet baby rays or something. Would you want to live in a world where Mark Zuckerberg was the president? I think the answer to that is probably no. But at least in that world, you would have real things like courts and maybe some media and maybe some businesses that are not his. But if you were to enter into the metaverse, everything is his. Every idea, everything spoken, a record of everything. And the law itself, the rules of life itself, are his terms of service that he can change at will, as we just saw him. I think Mark Zuckerberg uh, is evil, but really, how much more evil is he than the other tycoons? Um, Twitter or Amazon or Apple even. I find it troubling. It's very odd to me that he can greenlight calls for murder. I understand why that's being investigated by Russia. I don't know why that's not being investigated in America. You'd think it might be. All right, let's go to some questions. Thank you for letting me go on a bit of a Zuckerberg um, tear there. All right, so I have here uh, some super chats. Let's start with Enmark, um, five bucks. I'm happy that Jesse Smollett, the white man who does have a white daddy, is going to jail for 150 days and pay $150,000. And then there's a comment about him being gay. Um, Jesse Smollett is a privileged, successful man from a privileged, successful family. Uh, I don't know why he did that hate crime hoax, if it was to give his career a boost or if it was for political reasons, you might know that he consulted with Kamala Harris about some anti-lynching law. And maybe he basically thought, well, I'll do a little scene, um, but it won't be on a TV show. It'll be on the street and I'll make the case for an anti-lynching law because I'm a dramatic actor. But it blew up in his face and he's off to jail. Do you have the clip of him in court where he says, I'm not suicidal. I'm not suicidal. Do you have that clip? It was a little weird. I mean, I, I think you say I'm not suicidal when you're worried that someone's going to try and kill you and make it look like a suicide. Um, he repeated it. Maybe he was still acting. Maybe this is part of a movie he's doing or a documentary about himself. Here, take a look at this. No, I would just like to say to Your Honor that I am, uh, I am not suicidal. That's what I was about to say. Okay. I am not suicidal. Okay. I am not suicidal. I am innocent and I am not suicidal. If I did this, then it means that I stuck my fist in the fears of black Americans in this country for over 400 years and the fears of the LGBTQ community. Your Honor, I respect you and I respect the jury, but I did not do this and I am not suicidal. And if anything happens to me when I go in there, I did not do it to myself. And you must all know that. I respect you, Your Honor. I respect your decision. Jail time, I'm not suicidal. Okay. It's a little weird. He's still claiming he didn't do it. 
he's talking about it like it was an LGBTQ plus moment. I don't think it was. Just a little weird. I don't know. Maybe he, like maybe he's just a strange guy. Maybe there's nothing deeper or larger than that. But boy, every political leader in the world chimed in. All of them happily duped. I mean, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, um, pretty much every senior Democrat weighed in on it, and many Canadians too. C1Cas chips in three bucks. I wonder if some of the Azov Battalion were in the imported security forces that confronted the peaceful truckers in Ottawa. Yeah, I um, I did a show last night at some length talking about the Azov Battalion. And it's weird to me that they do use Nazi symbols. They do say things that are Nazi-like. Ukraine has a history of Nazi paramilitaries going back to Hitler's time. They assisted the, the Nazi, the German SS in exterminating large number of Jews. It's very weird to me that an actual group of Nazis like that is permitted to be part of the Ukrainian military. I mean, in Canada, people throw the word Nazi around like an insult, but it's not really true. There really are no Nazis in Canada. There's some dress-up Nazis. There's some neo-Nazis who are basically live-action role-playing. They get a tattoo and whatever, but they're they're not actual Nazis. They're not actually... Like in, in Ukraine, you have military battalions with tanks, with guns, with uniforms with Nazi flags. It's shocking. I think it may be the only place in the world where that happens. And Christia Freeland hangs out with these people, wears their banners. Um, but it's not just Freeland. The Canadian, do you have those uh, Ottawa citizen stories that we mentioned yesterday? I don't know if you have those handy. It's not just Christia Freeland who herself is a bit of an extremist on this stuff. The Canadian government met with the Azov Battalion and they knew it was iffy because they were worried. About, yeah, Canadian officials who met with Ukrainian unit linked to neo-Nazis feared exposure by news media. A year before the uh, meeting, Canada's Joint uh, Task Force Ukraine produced a briefing on the Azov Battalion acknowledging its links to Nazi ideology. Now scroll down. Yeah, scroll slowly. Show this helmet here. Like they literally have, like that's a Nazi swastika. That's crazy. Scroll down a bit, and um, there's a link that I want you to go to if you'd be so... Yeah, also, that one there, allegations there, right there. So that's one story, but here's another one. Allegations of Canadian troops training neo-Nazis and war criminals sparks military review, a review into how Canada approves the foreign military personnel it trains should be ready by early next year, but parts of the study will need to remain secret. Let me just read the first paragraph of this. It's shocking a review into how Canada proves the foreign military personnel trains should be ready by early next year, but parts of the study will remain, need to remain secret, according to the Department of National Defense. The review false concerns raised by Jewish groups of the alleged involvement of Canadian troops in training neo-Nazis in Ukraine, as well as warnings by soldiers last year that some Iraqis who have received instruction from Canada were involved in torture and rape. It's just incredible to me. Thanks for, for that. Um, next, Super Chat. Alberta Don, five bucks. When Gerald Stanley was accused of murdering Colton Bushi in 2016, a GoFundMe raised 41 grand in one day. Would Trudeau stop the GoFundMe today? Um, well, I would never trust GoFundMe uh, ever again. Uh, they, they're extremely political, and before they were 
pressured into refunding the money to the donors. They were actually planning on giving the money that was donated for truckers to their own favorite causes. Kushi1124 says, I hope someone makes a techno remix of brisket and ribs. Yeah, I mean, in that fake metaverse clip I have, I think the most powerful thing is that synthesizer tone music in the background, which is how I imagine every dystopian future to be. Um, I think we're getting so close to it. The metaverse, I think uh, that's a real threat. But have you ever seen, Olivia, have you ever seen that movie called Ex Machina? I think that, that that movie is already here practically. I mean, the combination of artificial intelligence and the internetization of sex, um, and I think how it's destroying normal relationships, I think. Um, I think that ex machina uh, is already here, frankly. Um, more Super Chats. Trinity Canadian. Read the West has many bio labs in Ukraine and USA spends tax dollars on it. Can you find out if Canada spent tax dollars as well and how much? You're talking about the accusation by the Russians that was confirmed by the American Undersecretary of State for the region that there are bio labs in Ukraine and they were worried that Russia would grab them. What's in those? That's crazy to me. Enoch says, Ezra, I'm going to blow a couple bucks on this because it's something I've wondered for years. Why do you use the Facebook plugin on the website? I left Facebook five years ago, so I can't comment on the website. You know, I do hear that complaint uh, from people, and I think it is our plan to move off Facebook. It was just a way to manage uh, the comments, and there were some uh, reasons that it was helpful to us to do that. But I agree with you. If we can find some other comment um, system, we, I think we are looking into fixing that. So thank you for raising it. Yorgi Yorgi, one buck. Hey, I was curious, have you guys at Rebel ever reached out to Trudeau camp for an interview, no matter how impossible it will be? Uh, well, we have asked, obviously, but we're, we're regularly turned away. Um, so, I mean, I guess after seven years, you sort of stop asking. Not only are we are we banned, but um, when we actually went to federal courts and got a court order forcing the Federal Debates Commission to let us into the debates, and we put our questions to Trudeau, he says, I'm not answering you. So, so the answer is, yes, we have asked. We're always turned away. When the court lets us in, Trudeau just refuses to answer. Which I, I always point out that at least Donald Trump with his bete noir, with his uh, nemeses, he would always, he, I mean, Donald Trump did not avoid CNN. He went to CNN first every time. He went to Jim Acosta every time. He made Jim Acosta's career. Uh, if Trump were like Trudeau, not only would he not take any CNN questions, he wouldn't even allow them in the room. It's such a laugh that Trump was called this enemy of the media. He never jailed anyone. He never persecuted or prosecuted anyone. It's Trudeau who does that. Uh, Trinity Canadian again, Ezra, can you see if you can expand the Rebel store to sell maybe more stuff like all natural vitamins, mugs, emergency food survival, maybe partner with Canadian companies for sponsorship? It's not a bad idea. One company maybe is good to go company, sells emergency food supply. They get a portion of the proceeds. You get a portion of the proceeds. Uh, it's something to think about. Yeah, I mean, I know that uh, that's how a number of conservative-oriented sites, pardon me, Make a few bucks. It's not a bad idea. All right, it's 1248. I spent an awful lot of time talking about Mark Zuckerberg. It is on my mind. I'm going to do some work on my show about it tonight. Um, 
my criticism of Mark Zuckerberg is not that he's weird. I think a lot of people are weird. Um, the problem about being weird and a billionaire is that no one will tell you you're weird. Um, and even if you're married, as he is, uh, well, your wife is a billionaire too, right? And so you're surrounded by flatterers. You're surrounded by, it's like, it really is close to being like an official king's court 500 years ago. And, every, and you know that the person at the center of it, his royal highness, uh, has, you know, unlimited power. And so you're always thinking, how can I protect myself from risk? And how can I ingratiate myself? And how can I get some of this wealth and power for myself? So um, you, you don't have dissenters. You don't have skeptics in a place like that. There's a, maybe it's apocryphal, but I understand from reading it, I don't know if it's actually true, that the Roman emperors would have a slave whisper in their ear, you are mortal. Because they would feel immortal. They would come back and Rome was mighty and it straddled the world and the empire in the center of it. it they, they would have felt all-powerful and they needed to be reminded that they were mortal. And King Henry VIII, I think, had the most famous court jester, William Summers was his name. And we think of a court jester as just someone who makes jokes and does acrobatics and, and makes people laugh. That's true. But what the, the court fool, also called a jester, would really do is because he was the jokester, ha ha, his job is to make us laugh, ho 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 ho. Yeah, Will, Will Summers. Um, yeah, he was the jester for Henry VIII. Henry VIII was a very momentous and uh, important king, and he was also out of control in many ways, as you know. How could such a man stay grounded? Who would dare to challenge him? Off with your head if you are. Well, the jester. And the jester had immunity from telling the king what's what from mocking the king, from rebutting the king, from saying, are you stupid? This will happen. That will happen. We don't know exactly how that was done, but I don't know. Olivia, did you ever hear of that um, show? It might have been on HBO or something called The Tudors, T-U-D-O-R-S. It was, it was basically Game of Thrones, but instead of about some fantasy world, it was about the throne of England, um, King Henry VIII. And it was sexy and dramatic and there were wars, but instead of dragons, it was real life. Yeah. I mean, you, it even had many of the same actors. Yeah. And so these are the wives of Henry VIII. Yeah. James, it, you know, it was, I watched maybe five episodes of it, but Will Summer is in some of those episodes. And in that artistic treatment of it, Will Summers is so shockingly blunt, like not just mocking the king, but viciously attacking him verbally, trying to make a dent in the king. And the king put up with it. It almost uh, like maybe the king wanted a real friend 
the one person in the king's court who could speak honestly with him. Now, obviously, that's just a 21st century, you know, Hollywood adaptation. I think it might have even it might have been a Canadian connection there even. Um, so it was just, I mean, who knows what it was actually like 500 years ago. But um, 400 and something years ago. But I bet that's what it was like. Does Mark Zuckerberg have a court jester? Who can go right up to Mark Zuckerberg and say, you're out of control. What are you doing that for? Why are you violating privacy? What are you, what are you doing? You know, or, or maybe Mark Zuckerberg knows who he is and he's fine with it. But I think everyone needs a skeptical voice. I don't know if they have one. And these masters of the universe, I mean, Elon Musk is always out there in the media in uncontrolled situations. And people mock him and he seems to have a self-deprecating approach to himself. Don't you think? I mean, uh, Elon Musk, half the time on Twitter, he's making jokes about himself. He puts himself in risky situations. He's, he allows himself to be interviewed by comedians. He answers personal questions. Um, he's quirky too, eccentric too, but I think he um, allows for dissent. The other day, as you know, he called for more oil and gas production, which is an odd thing for the Tesla president to say. Compare how he exposes himself to unrestricted media criticism, how he is self-deprecating, to compare that to how Jeffrey Bezos is or Bill Gates. Can you grab, can, can you go on a Twitter and type Melinda Gates Epstein and then click video? Melinda Gates, who divorced Bill, one of the key reasons was because Bill Gates was hanging out with the convicted pedophile, Jeffrey Epstein, and Bill Gates had many meeting, meetings with him and continued to do so even after Epstein was convicted. Here's Melinda Gates just last week. Take a look. You know, it was also widely reported that Bill had a, a friendship or business or some kind of contact with Jeffrey Epstein and that you were not, uh, that that was very upsetting to you. Did that play a role in the, in the divorce at all in this process? Yeah, as I said, it's not one thing. It was many things. But I did not like uh, that he'd had meetings with Jeffrey Epstein, no. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you made that clear to him? I made that clear to him. I also met Jeffrey Epstein exactly one time. Did you? Yes, because I wanted to see who this man was. And um, I regretted it from the second I stepped in the door. He was abhorrent. He was evil personified. I had nightmares about it afterwards. So, you know, my heart breaks for these young women because that's how I felt. And here I'm an older woman. My God, I feel terrible for those young women. It's awful. You felt that the moment you walked in. I didn't he realize was awful. that. Yeah. And you shared that with Bill and he still continued to spend time with him? Any of the questions remaining about what Bill's relationship there was, those are for Bill to answer. Okay. But I made it very clear how I felt about him. Mm -hmm. I think... That's what she's saying. Imagine what else she knows that she's not saying. 
He is such a creepy man, Bill Gates. He's got this all shucks. But there's only one reason for Bill Gates to hang out with Jeffrey Epstein. Bill Gates has far more money than Epstein ever had. So he doesn't need to hang out with Epstein for money. Bill Gates has, through his foundations, um, access to anything and anyone in the world. Even Stephen Harper, the conservative prime minister, did things with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Um, I don't know if that was a good idea, but he did. There's no one in the world that Bill Gates could not get on the phone if he wanted to. It's a fact. There's no company he couldn't buy or at least buy a large stake in if he wanted to. I mean, he's not as, you know, what is he worth, 50 or 100 billion, maybe not 200 billion like Bezos. But it's, he's in such a league he could buy anything he wanted. So why would Bill Gates hang out with Jeffrey Epstein? What does Epstein have that Bill Gates couldn't get elsewhere? Well, there's only one thing that Jeffrey Epstein is known for. His one specialty is raping children. Sorry to phrase it that way, but that's that's what it is. Uh, He would recruit through agents extremely young girls and he would rape them and his friends would rape them. And that, sorry to use that rough language, but that's what he was, that's what he did. That, uh, he was, he's a convicted pedophile. It's a re- he was a registered sex offender. And Bill Gates kept going back. Well, what do you think he kept going back for? The fine conversation, the great food. It was to rape girls. What else could, I'm sorry, what else could it be? What else, what else was Jeffrey Epstein in the business of? It's quite something to hear it from Melinda Gates, isn't it? Um, Let's just whip through a few more Super Chats. Uh, Oh, I don't know if I have any more. I think I'm caught up on the Super Chats. All right. Well, it's 12.58, and I'm not sure if I covered things the way I wanted to. I, I sort of rambled on for a while about Mark Zuckerberg, but... You know, once you've made a certain amount of money and once you've had a certain amount of corporate success, what do you do? What do you do in your life? Well, the answer for a lot of these guys is to go into space. Isn't that funny? I mean, they all have their rival space programs. There's Elon Musk with SpaceX, which actually seems to have a lot of commercial purpose. They, they have the Internet and, they have, and they're actually trying to be a utility, not just for fun. Uh, Jeffrey Bezos has his... Um, space program, which seems a lot more about vanity and I'm in space and I've got this huge phallic rocket ship. And Richard Branson of Virgin Galactic, same thing. So you got a certain amount of money. You think, well, what would I do as a child? Or what's the craziest thing I can do? What can I do that almost no one else can? Okay, I'll go into space. All right. Um, so you made all your money. You've, you've had your corporate success. Um What do you do next? I think that for some of them, they want to become like a god. That's my explanation for the metaverse and for what Zuckerberg wants to do. He wants to create an entire world, and it's very much in sync with what the World Economic Forum talks about, about connecting the the internet and computers directly to your mind. 
Well, isn't that what Zuckerberg's doing? And frankly, Elon Musk is doing some things like that as well. History Club World chips in five library crypto and says, does Rebel plan to expand into more comedy, lifestyle? Do you have plans to interview Trump, Musk, or any influential people? CBC Kids News opinions about Florida law. When is the documentary coming out? Plans for more documentaries? Well, there's a lot of good questions in there. Um, we have tried to connect with Trump, but we've been unsuccessful. I don't know if he does a lot of foreign media. He would talk to Pierce Morgan, his friend in the UK, but they had a personal connection. Um, I don't know if we've tried to talk to Elon Musk. Yeah, the kids' uh, news about F Florida was sort of crazy. Uh, do you believe after this conservative leader race, the next leader will stay interacting with rebels? Second, will you be hosting a debate again? Does rebel plan on increasing its presence in Medicine Hat, America, UK, Europe, Australia, anywhere else? Well, I'm glad that you put Medicine Hat on that list. Um, we are going to be involved with the leaders, to, uh, with the, the leadership on the conservative side. And yesterday alone, we spoke with uh, three different leadership candidates. Um, do you have uh, Do you have those handy, Olivia? Or one of them? Like, do we have? Um, yeah, here's Dakota Christensen, who went with Isabel to Roman Baber's kickoff. I'll just show you. I'll just show you a minute of that. When others refuse to do so, is something that I bring to the table. Canadians will always know where I stand. Dakota Christensen for Rebel News here in North York, Ontario at the National Event Centre, where the independent member of Provincial Parliament, Roman Babber, is set to formally announce his bid for the federal Conservative Party leadership race that is beginning to take shape in Canada. Well, folks, we did make it inside the event here where Roman Babber is set to announce his official candidacy in the federal Conservative leadership race. I will say it's a very relaxed atmosphere and Unlike other previous Conservative Party events, we had absolutely no trouble getting inside. In the face of fear, Roman made a choice, the same choice he always makes. He chose to put people before politics. My name is Roman Bauer, and I'll always stand up for what's right and for the Canadian dream. My intention to seek the leadership of the Conservative Party of Canada. I've always believed and lived the Canadian dream. And I'm here. Roman Baber, good egg. I like the guy. He was uh, really one of the, the handful of elected uh, politicians across this country who spoke up against the lockdowns. I'm glad he's running for leadership. Uh, so we had a bit of a conversation with him. I, you can watch the rest of that video on our website. Um, he had a good one on, he had a good back and forth with Roman Baber. And uh, we had a reporter in Calgary at the Jean Charest event in the Scrum. And um, yesterday I interviewed Leslie Lewis on the show, on my show. And I think we'll be putting that up on uh, YouTube and Rumble today. So to answer your question, I think that um, so far, three out of three conservative leadership candidates that we've spoken to have agreed to come on the show. Um, I have no idea what Patrick Brown <laughs> will say or do because he has shown a tremendous hatred towards Rebel News in the past. Um, but that's, that's his funeral. I mean, we have, I added it up for, for a friend the other day. We have more than 5 million cumulative followers on social media, in, including our staff's social media. So for example, 
our official rebel account has about 350,000 Twitter followers. I've got about the same. And then you add up Sheila and Avi, et cetera. And we, you know, the number's getting close to a million. Um, YouTube, uh, Instagram, Getter, TikTok, Truth Social, Super You, Rumble, you add them all up, add up all those numbers, both our corporate accounts and our staff, we have more than 5 million followers. We have over a million people on our Rebel News email list alone. So if you're a conservative leadership candidate, um, you don't have to love Rebel News, but if you don't talk to Rebel News, you're doing two things. First of all, you're cutting yourself off from millions of supporters who are probably the kind of people you want to talk to. So you're missing the opportunity, but you're also incurring a cost because you're defining yourself as someone who is more afraid of what the media party says about you. Oh, you're talking to Rebel News? Yeah, Rebel News, the largest independent news station in Canada that has earned the respect of millions of people, including most recently for our coverage of the truckers. Absolutely. So it would be quite strange for someone who wants to lead the conservative movement in the form of the conservative party to say we're not going to talk to the most successful, effective, large, dedicated, active conservative media in the country. It would be really weird. And it would be demoralizing to the base. I think that's a mistake that both Aaron O'Toole and Andrew Scheer made. And I hope that whoever is the next leader of the Conservative Party doesn't make that mistake. I think that this debate is going to come down, this this contest, to be completely blunt, I think it's going to be Pierre Polyev and uh, Jean Charest as the two last standing. Like I, I, I like Leslie Lewis and I like Roman Baber. I don't think they're going to beat Pierre Polyev or Jean Charest. I think that's going to be the, the final battle you know, the elimination round, the finals. And um, I don't think that Jean Charest has, uh, has a hatred for Rebel News. That's very much a Toronto thing or more an Ottawa thing. Jean Charest is a creature of Quebec. He was the premier of Quebec. He ran in Quebec. He knows Quebec. I mean, he, he does know the rest of the country, but he's not in the mean girls club of the Ottawa-Toronto media party. So last night he seemed happy to have us at his event, and we were. So I'm hopeful, I'm excited about it because, um, boy, we sure do need an alternative to Justin Trudeau these days, don't we? Uh, I'm just going to take one last quote from Fraser on Odyssey who says, more facts, more Americans have died from the mRNA COVID jabs in one year than Americans lost in the Vietnam War, over 58,000 killed by the government mandated jabs. Now, that's the kind of thing that might get you sacked on YouTube. Uh, I don't know if that's a fact or not. I'd have to look into it. But um, uh, that's the crazy thing is you're allowed on Facebook and Instagram to call for death threats of Russians, but you're not allowed to have debates about, about pandemic issues. I don't know what the facts of that are, by the way, but I'd be curious to check it out. All right, it's 1.07 p.m. Thanks, everybody, for joining. I, um, I've been thinking through these things about Zuckerberg for a bit, and uh, so thanks for letting me talk through them with you, and thanks for your super chats and other tips. Until next time, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, to you at home, goodbye, and keep fighting for freedom. Wednesday, I, was, uh, I spent a number of hours with Chancellor Scholz of Germany. He's the new chancellor of, Russia, of uh, Europe's largest economy. 
someone I've personally known for a number of years, but it was extremely important to deepen uh, that friendship and uh, the working together on things like strengthening democracy, on pushing back against misinformation and disinformation, uh, obviously in Russia, but also in our own democracies. Uh, there is a lot of work we need to continue to do together, and uh, that was something that we uh, spent a lot of time discussing and talking about how we strengthen our economic ties as well. Wednesday, I was...